Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest star too. For two, you like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are two very special guests. They are the hosts of Horror Cult Trash Other Podcast. It's Gary Cruz and Chris Parker, everyone. Hello. Hi. And they, are, and they are joining me from across the pond. Yes. Yeah, on a sunny day, actually. Yeah, it's very rare that British weather is as nice as this. So you it's got us on a good day. Sunny day in Britain? Jesus it Christ. Is. It is. <laughs> and you know what? It's great because we're here to talk about the 1984 masterpiece known as Voyage of the Rock Aliens. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I love this movie. Uh yeah, thank you for introducing this into our lives. We've listened to the soundtrack like five times today. We have. <laughs> I was fully intending on talking about how horrible it was and <laughs> how awful everything was in the film. And I ended up having a really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, let's, uh, let's get, hold, pause for a second. <laughs> I just want to do like the background stuff. So the screenplay for this is by Edward Gold, S. James Giudotti, uh, and Charles Hairston. I need my glasses. What am I doing? John, you need your glasses. You're blind. Um, it's directed by James Fargo. Uh, usually I list who wrote this, uh, the songs in this, but it seems like every song is written by somebody different. So I'm not even going to bother trying. And then according to IMDb, you ready for this? Aliens land in the town of Spielberg, not spelt like, you know, the director spelt differently, searching for the source of rock and roll. They find trouble with DD, Frankie and the pack. Did you know that that's what this movie is about? I absolutely no idea at all. I was lost with my notes. I was just like, okay, I'm not even going to try and make sense of this anymore. It's just, it's just fun to look at, and fun to listen to, but I have no idea what it's about. I think it was somewhere around either real love or you bring the love, you bring out the lover in me. The two P- Piazzadora songs that she sings. I was just like, I love this movie. <laughs> it was real love for me as soon as that happened I was like okay this was made for me like someone just looked at my taste and made this film (laughs) ultimately does it have to make sense Um, not when it's as great as this no I'm assuming (laughs) the intention wasn't to be abstract but if you look at it as an abstract work of art (laughs) then uh, there's a lot of fun to be had it's a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) goddammit. and I would like to thank uh, how did this get made another podcast they covered it and i was just like you know what let's watch this movie it's one of that's one of my favorite podcasts ever and i i would love for them to be on here so if any of you if you guys know them or if anyone listening knows the host of how did this get made get me in touch with them but we're in the uh, same boat as you we're gonna ask you if you knew them <laughs> damn it so uh they covered this and then i watched it and now i'm telling everyone because it's my new favorite movie ever <laughs> And I don't know why. <laughs> it's just what's not to love about it. I mean, it's just one big 
camp explosion um, that just, it, it never stops. It's just, it just gets weirder scene by scene. You know, that Jermaine Jackson is, is here for like one scene and never seen again. Yeah. No one knows what the fuck's going on, but it's just, well, so it's that great. Was a, that was actually a reshoot. Um, they filmed, that wasn't in the original cut of the movie. They filmed it. They had poor test screenings and then they went back and filmed that. Um, and so technically P is Adora plays two characters in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> in that scene, she's supposed to, it's a different planet. Because then they're like, why not go to Earth? It's, it's, it just makes me laugh how Jermaine Jackson is so underwhelmed by what's going on. Like, it's been so much into this song, but from looking at his face, it, he just can't bother. It, it, it's like he's not excited to be there. But at the same time, he is serving some Mad Max, but glamour fashion. There were scenes in that that reminded me of Bad by Michael yeah. Jackson. And with all due respect, maybe they wanted Michael Jackson <laughs> and ended it with Jermaine Jackson. Well, my thought is the guy who plays Frankie, um, what's his name? I want to get, I want to give this actor credit because he does an amazing job. Uh, Craig Sheffer? Yeah, the lead guy from Nightbreed. Uh, have you seen Clive Barker's Nightbreed? No, I haven't. Uh, that, that is one we highly recommend. Um, it's just as weird, but it has more of a plot than this. Um, but he's the lead guy in that, and two completely different performances, aren't they? <laughs> yes. But he did play the douchey boyfriend of Leah Thompson in some kind of wonderful, did. Um, very similar role. But I wasn't sure if they were like, that also seems like a role that could have been played by Johnny Depp. Because the way there are some scenes that he, that Frankie was in, that I was just like, that could be a Johnny Depp moment. Like, I don't know if they wanted. You know, 21 Jump Street, Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp. This would have been the same year as Nightmare on yeah, Elm Street. Yeah. So it would have been the so, right time for him. Yeah, I, I don't think he was established then because Nightmare mm. on Elm Street was his first film. Yeah. Um, and he probably didn't have the abs that no. Craig Sheffer did <laughs> either, which were on full display throughout. Yeah, but Craig Sheffer also had that jawline, you know, that's just yeah. so angular. <laughs> What was with that character? I mean, he's made out to be like the douchey jock and, you know, you, normally you're meant to be rooting against that sort of character. But by the end of the film, they make it look like it was one big love story for him and Dee Dee. It's the like, posters what? make it look like a love story between those two. And it isn't until he has one song and suddenly he's a changed man. Yeah. And we're like, oh, were we rooting for him? I didn't think we were rooting for him. Well, I mean, they always cut to him in Let's uh, uh, Let's Dance Tonight. Yeah. Which, by the way, that may or may not be like the, like it might be called Voyager, the Rock Aliens, colon, Let's Dance Tonight. I don't know if that's true because <laughs> you see that yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that was the opening titles. I, I was thinking that. I, I, I mean, when I thought I couldn't love the film anymore, I remembered that. And I thought, you know, if they actually call it Voyage of the Rock Aliens, Let's Dance Tonight, that's just even better. I mean, what a title. As incoherent as the film. Is. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when I, put the, when, I, when I post this, should I call it Voyage of the Rock Aliens, colon, Let's Dance Tonight? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Great. Great. Future John, when you're editing this, remember this conversation. <laughs> I won't. Uh, 
I, I kind of want to go back to when the rain begins to fall, the Jermaine Jackson P is Adora song, because apparently that song is huge in, I want to say Germany. Ah, that makes sense of what you were saying earlier. How it could be a Eurovision song. It was, it was definitely a Eurovision style song, if you're familiar with Eurovision. I can see that, but also there are, if you like, search it on the YouTubes, you'll see him singing it with and without her, uh, without Piazzadora throughout the years. Oh, no way. I see. <laughs> yeah, and and like, I, I was just sitting there watching these videos, having an outer body moment where I was like, how have I never heard this song before? I mean, also this, this script could have been translated from German and I would, uh, I would agree with you <laughs> if that's yeah. the case. <laughs> Oh, God. So when you guys cover movies, uh, you cover a lot of 80s movies, I'm assuming? We do. This year, we've kind of had an unofficial 90s theme where we just accidentally ended up doing lots of 90s films but didn't plan it. And most of the time, they're just really, really dreadful, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an emphasis on the trash yeah. in, in our name. Um, what would you call this yeah. one? Would you call this one cult or other? I would say this is a cult, yeah. It's a cult film. Yeah. I think it, it probably has a following. I was I was fully expecting to put it in Trash the Piece um, category, but it's, yeah. it's too good. Like, it's it's too well made. The songs are too good um, to, to be put in that category. It, it, I don't know if they're, like, being coy. They're like, we're in on the joke. Haha. <laughs> you know, like... Like when the when the chainsaw massacre, his chainsaw doesn't work, and they make like a dick joke out of it. Yeah. I was just like, "Is this like? Did it, are they geniuses? These writers, or <laughs> or am I just like so in love with this movie?" <laughs> yeah, that I was questioning that scene. I, as much as I love this this film, the entire Michael Berryman chainsaw sequence. What a fucking nightmare. It went on for like five hours. It was very lengthy. <laughs> it never stopped. What was essentially a one note joke. Yeah. It went on for a long time. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she pulls her toolkit out of her purse and she's like, help me out here. God, I love I, love I just realized where she was from and she was um, Rachel's boss in Friends. The one really? that was really horrible and slept with Chandler. And it took me ages to realize but that they are the same actress. I love her. Yeah. Um, oh my God, this movie is insane. And I'm so happy that they did it on How Did This Get Made? Because now I get to tell everyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have to spread what everyone has to know about this, about this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's if they have like the same sort of taste as us. If we tell someone who likes big, glamorous, high production musicals and they watch this, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, you also have to get, when you tell people about this, you have to give the caveat that you see the mountain of cocaine that they made this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there was a lot of cocaine on this set. Um, I, I also love the dialogue as well. I've got a few lines out of context here. Um, How would you like to tickle my cabaret? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, what it sounded like, cabaret, it was, I, I actually spat it as carburet. It, it was an inaudible word. I think the word was carburetor. 
Oh, was it? Yeah, I do think it is. <laughs> That's even better. And then <laughs> I got another one, which is, I've never felt that way about a guy before. It was kind of interesting, like me at 13 years old. Um, and then there's another yes, one. Yes, the, the gay <laughs> moment. The gay yeah. moment that happens, because I, I still don't understand why these aliens are coming to Earth. I mean, they say to look for rock and roll, <laughs> but like then they try to mate with the women? Yeah. And, and then one of them's just like really curious about guys. Like, oh, it was kind of interesting. <laughs> then there's another one where Dee Dee uh, finds out that the, the blonde singer is uh, is an alien. And it's literally seconds after she's like, wow, I still can't believe you're an alien. Oh, no shit, you just found out. <laughs> I mean, he also exploded. Exploded. Like, he, he his limbs fell apart, and then they had a montage of putting him together in a song called Combine Man. <laughs> yeah, I was, I felt that was a uh, premature ejaculation joke. Yeah, so he exploded in more ways than one. Throughout the, oh, every prob- time she touched him, he started to shake and <laughs> potentially explode i mean yes that's probably that is probably the joke but like he literally his his <laughs> arms and limbs literally blew off of his torso and the rest of the and the band rama which i'll get to them in a hot second um had to collect them all over the five and dime or wherever they are and put him back together but and then nobody questioned it also, also at the cotillion, we don't what that's we don't call it that. There, it's a school dance. Oh, I was wondering what a cotillion was. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should have just been called a school dance. I don't know why they kept calling it a cotillion because <laughs> it was sponsored by the school, even though these people are clearly in their thirties. They see you see P Isadora like be engulfed in a beam of light and then do a costume change and then start singing let's dance tonight which is the boppiest bop ever but like no one questions that magic that happens (laughs) and i I think i'm okay with it (laughs) yeah no absolutely i'm just glad that scene exists it just gave me everything i needed just in that one thing do you know know how many times i've watched that scene on youtube (laughs) like like the choreography for that scene alone i feel like the choreographer was just like okay so we're gonna do a a a move to every beat of the song it's kind of like it's it's like xanadu on crack and that really that's saying something well yeah because also that's the scene where they combine genres and you're just like xanadu came out in 80 did you guys kind of borrow this idea Speaking of borrowing things from other films, they travel around in a phone booth five years before Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Talk about being ahead of the time. Yes, and they're in a flying guitar, which I feel like has been used in other... Yeah, Maybe like in The Pick of Destiny or something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it before or, or since. It has to be an Aerosmith oh, video. The, no, it's The Darkness, I believe, in a thing called Love Music video. I think. Right. That's it. That's it. Oh my god. One thing I did note about um, Let's Dance Tonight is the hands in pockets choreography. (laughs) I appreciated that. I I could literally talk 
for about that one song for 17 hours. <laughs> the pocketography is amazing. The partnering that Pia Zadora does before the uh, genre shift, it, it, I, I, I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> everyone needs to watch it it's on youtube for fuck's sake exactly exactly there's no excuse um so in this movie there are two bands there's jimmy and the mustangs which is what uh who are with frankie and are also clearly in their 30s but playing high schoolers <laughs> but then the and- high schoolers as well they're not really trying to hide it are they well, can you say grease uh, well yeah <laughs> But the uh, the aliens, my, not the blonde one, the rest of the aliens are played by a band named Rayma. I cannot find a single thing about them online. No, I couldn't either. The one, no. I found a blurb about them that says that they are a, an Arizona-based band uh, who started out doing Christian Latin soft rock in the 70s and then changed gears in the 80s. And I'm just like... That's quite the change. <laughs> but I was just like, they, they have a whole movie about them in a way. Like, they're the stars of this one movie. How how do they not have a footprint online? <laughs> this is so true. I mean, we've covered so many films on our podcast where uh, either an artist or a band have had an entire film made about them. And, you know, these are people with big careers, you know, like from Justin to Kelly, um, S Club C and Double Spice World, you know, they've all got big careers surrounding them, um, despite the quality of the films. But then this one band, who actually had this entire film made about them, um, there's just nothing. There's just nothing. It's just that little tidbit of information, but that's it. I mean, unless it was some stupid thing where they were formed for the movie, but I don't think that's the case. Because it sounds like they were a band beforehand. Yeah. I think Devo cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to find a local band yes. during the film. If I'm being honest, I, I am a big Devo fan and I was very much getting Devo vibes from them, which is a, a compliment, I suppose. Especially when they sang Combined Man. It, sounded, it yeah. did sound like Devo. It did, yeah. And, and 21st Century as well was giving me Oingo Boingo. Oh, well. yeah. That's... That's that kind of new wave music. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy and the Mustangs is a rockabilly band from the 80s, um, fronted by the guy that I always thought was Brian Setzer, but he wasn't. Uh, the little, the blonde, the blonde guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not the saxophonist that looks like he's in his 40s <laughs> <laughs> guys this movie is wild <laughs> where has yeah, it been <laughs> i mean that is actually one of my notes during the uh, real love sequence i was just like you fucking kidding me this entire beach sequence it's just got me questioning where this film has been my entire life and then and my, my favorite one of my favorite moments is in you uh you bring the lover you bring out the lover in me where it's just the beginning where the we're in the girl's bathroom and you have, you know, panties, pant like panties around the angles, girls wearing underwear around the angles. And then there's that last girl who's going commando 
<laughs> God bless her. But I was... yeah, that, that choreography is something else in that scene. With the, the toilets, uh, cubicles. We didn't even... Yeah, in the largest ladies' bathroom yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know how it is in America, but here in the UK, that is gigantic. <laughs> you would never have that much space in a public toilet. I mean, I think they're at the school, and I think, yes, that is just for the movie. Also, what blows my mind during that scene is when they do the mirroring effect. <laughs> and I'm every time it happens, I'm just like, why? But I want more. Yeah, like it's oddly they, ambitious. They, they really they think they're doing something now with that one. <laughs> I feel like they, with a lot of... So, particularly Piers Adora's songs, I yeah. feel like they wanted to be able to take the scene and make it into a music video. <laughs> so it would play on MTV. Um, clearly that didn't happen. <laughs> Except for when the rain begins to fall. That's the, exactly. I think that's the only one that is like, we're a real music video. We have a Romeo and Juliet slash West Side Story story going uh, on with this. Uh, but... Yeah, when you bring out the lover in me, when they mirror Piazzadora at the neck, <laughs> <laughs> or at the clavicle, I should say, it is insane. Because you're just like, you're clearly doing choreography below where the hard line is, but like your head is bopping left and right, and it's very <laughs> insane. And then at the end of that scene, her friend D- Diane, isn't it? She yeah. says, well, a simple yes or no would have sufficed. <laughs> Who is part of the choreography, too? Like, she's yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. She got involved. God, I could talk also for hours about Diane because there's that one line when she meets Rem, uh, Rima um, that uh, they talk about Dee Dee and she's like, yeah, she's taken. But the way that she says it is very, like gut punching and everything and I was just like that that's acting right there that one line (laughs) in this whole movie that's acting (laughs) everything else is questionable except for that one 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 thing I did enjoy um talking of acting is Ruth Gordon I I thought (laughs) she obviously Oscar winner for uh, Rosemary's Baby um and this no is idea what the hell she was doing in this film. <laughs> uh, it, you know, the same can be said about Gene Kelly and Xanadu. It's a paycheck. That's yeah. yeah. true. Yeah. That's very true. Wait, didn't Ruth Gordon also do Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby? Um, she, oh, no. Oh, oh. I think she did. Oh, no. So this is definitely an upgrade. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> she needed to fire her, her uh, agent and get a new yeah. one. <laughs> at the time i I think she died the year after the film was released Um, i think she was yeah i think she was just one of those actresses that just loved to work just like give me anything and i she makes the most of oh yeah what is a really strange part (laughs) it doesn't really go anywhere or mean (laughs) anything i mean i loved the bugs bunny moment that her and like the goofball of Rayma has when they when she's ch- chasing the aliens and they're going back like they're putting um they're putting back together Absid uh into the telephone booth and she's like 
they, they do that whole <clears throat> that whole like back-to-back moment where they don't know the other person's behind them. <laughs> Stupid. I fucking love this movie, my guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, just, there's a few songs in here that just don't make any sense as well. Like, she doesn't mean a thing to me. What was that about? Like, the lyrics had nothing to do with what was going on. No. It just played. I don't care. I love that song. <laughs> it is great. It is definitely a... Uh, I'd don't... say banger. Above Bob. Would you? Yeah. A banger? Yeah. There's a few bangers. There is. Oh. A cool uh, uh, every song is a banger, in my opinion. <laughs> it's just... Like... Um, so have you guys downloaded the soundtrack or listened to the full the soundtrack on, on spotify i'm repeating yeah. all day <laughs> so it's not it's not the same they do they have different versions of the songs in a way in the movie um it's also in a very different order because i think they were trying to sell when the rain begins to fall as like the song and then they're like oh yeah and these other songs are in this movie that no one's gonna see so but Jermaine Jackson and P is Adora everyone <laughs> so like open hearted I do love that song but it's only in the movie for like 30 seconds yeah a few of the one I was very confused by I have to say is Justine um, who is Justine? I don't care. I like, I, I love that nerd that's holding two like milkshakes or whatever and just like hopping along. Like the last time I've seen this movie pro- a handful of times, and the last time I watched it, I was just like, I identify as you, sir. <laughs> just in the corner, making the stupidest of stupid faces and holding like two. I don't know what they are. Are they ice cream? Are they malts? Are they whatever? They're just, he's holding things in his hand. And he's just like, ah. <laughs> and that's a good visual joke for an audio podcast, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it looked great. <laughs> I studied it so hard. I'm still, I'm, I'm breaking down uh, Let's Dance Tonight, but I haven't learned it yet. <laughs> but I'm trying to like figure out the steps. That's dangerous with the hands in the pockets. Yeah, you know yeah. if you slip. <laughs> but then the hands do come out of the pocket at some point. So we haven't talked about the cougar. That could go on for a whole episode. That song. I mean, it's the anthem of toxic masculinity, but sung by one of the film's campus characters. Who he, he looks like. I mean, going back to Frankie again. There is literally a scene where he rips someone's shirt off and hands it back to him to use as a rag. It is so homoerotic. And that entire cougar um, nature of the beast number, it is honestly, it's actually given me bet on it from High School Musical 2. So I assume this was an inspiration, of course. But it is is so camp. But it's trying to be like a real tough guy song. It's just, it's just great. Well, first of all, that's not him singing. We all know this, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not him singing. Yeah. Also, Absid, that's not him singing either. That that's somebody else. <laughs> the the alien dude. But in uh Nature of the Beast, when he opens his locker and it's like eight six or eight lockers opening up to this man cave, I was in. And you know, what's funny is there are uh, there are extras in that scene as well that don't say anything 
Yeah. <laughs> he opens up this block of lockers to see this like, you know, shrine to Piazzadora's character. And the other people are just like, whatever, he's in his locker. It's cool. Let's go to class. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was definitely normalized the fact that he had like a mansion in a locker. Um I mean, you know, fair play. It's it it was very stylish. Uh, I'll give him that. I enjoyed the two dancers that look like they're straight out of a uh, Duran Duran music yeah. video. <laughs> And then he has a cougar, a real cougar, which, I mean, if I were him, I probably would shit bricks that day of filming. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to do a double take. I had to look twice. I mean, I couldn't believe they actually got a cougar for this film, for this one number. I mean... Again, 80s cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Beast, though. I mean, I, I suppose I wouldn't associate... Well, I suppose you would, large cats with beasts. Oh, the mm. cat fit perfect for the song. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. That, that really gave me the imagery I needed for uh, toxic masculinity, the anthem. <laughs> and then he tucks the cat away into his locker, which means that he's learning. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when he becomes the, the hero of the piece <laughs> from one from song. one song <laughs> from one song he becomes the hero <laughs> so i mean i feel like this movie wanted us to believe that dd Dee Dee and absid had a chance even though she never showed any sort of interest in him yeah but like did you want them to end up together or did you want her and frankie to figure it out or do you have a third option i mean yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, because I kind of wanted, I wanted her to get with the blonde guy from the band because, because I was expecting it. I think because I was kind of oh, okay. Well, I know where it's going. I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, but yeah, when when she got with Frankie, I was kind of like okay, maybe I'm okay with this because it's you know break, breaking boundaries, doing something new. I prefer if she told them both to fuck off. Oh, yeah. And just did like a, a song and dance at the end. Yeah. Her just walking away from. Because they were both kind of toxic in their yeah. own way. Um, um, in very different ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then suddenly, um, Acid, how would you pronounce that? Absid. Excuse me. Absid. Um, Suddenly, oh, we can't show emotion. I'm like, oh, where did this come from? I mean, you've all been goofing around for the whole film, and suddenly you can't show emotion. Where, where is this? Right, or, or like that expedi- uh, that stupid exposition dump that Pia Zadora does about like the Lake Erie, like how it's toxic and everything and it it she's she starts off saying one thing but then she's like no no really it started before all these acid rains happened it's when they put in the the toxic plant or whatever i was like what is this yeah the, the, as the giant octopus tentacle. I, I feel like that was their attempt at some uh social commentary maybe you think i mean i i don't know what they were trying to say if it was but i think that's maybe what they were going for okay so this is a quote that i got from uh uh wikipedia so everyone take this with a grain of salt but (laughs) in uh the original script by james 
Rescue Dottie, Attack of the Aliens, that's the name of the original script, was supposed to be a B-movie spoof. Uh, He said that it's like sitting at home watching TV on a late Saturday night, uh, all switching channels uh, where like there's a beach party movie playing on one and then Alien Invaders on another and uh, a film about a homicidal maniac. And then uh, there's like a rock and roll program. So after reading that, does this movie make a little more sense? That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And if I had read that prior to watching it, I'd have been even more excited because that is... No, you didn't need it. (laughs) No, I I didn't need it, exactly. And now I'm even more excited to watch it again, now that I know this. (laughs) One of my questions at the end, of my notes is uh was it a parody of musical not really <laughs> sci-fi films not really <laughs> teen movies not really horror film not really and i'm like what is it i feel like it's parodying something but i just didn't know what turns out it was parodying itself tv <laughs> it's <laughs> america yeah. it's absolutely parodying itself yeah yeah, yeah. i suppose it can <laughs> <laughs> is that a paradox are we are we getting into some you know, um, meta movie. fourth dimension thing here. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys haven't covered this. I mean, I, I scrolled through the what you've covered so far, and I've never heard of some of the stuff that you guys covered. So yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> um, I think the only musicals we've covered uh, would be Little Shop of Horrors, Xanadu, Xanadu. Oh, we'll actually. Christmas on the Square. Christmas we listened to your episode of Christmas on the Square, and we were so happy that someone else noticed the uh, how romantic, lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> we quote it on a daily basis. It's great. Or <laughs> homeless Dolly Parton with more makeup on yeah. than his <laughs> makeup stand. <laughs> yeah, that was a favorite. What um I have to and we haven't really mentioned her at a great length so far. I think we've been saving it. I have put two Piers Adora films on my list of potential podcast episodes. Um, so Piers Adora surprised me in this film. I thought I thought um she was well known for being a terrible actress, and I thought she did quite well. Yeah. I mean, I watched this movie. I don't know Piazzadora's filmography for anything, but I watched this movie and I just wondered why she wasn't like a big teenage heartthrob. Unless she was, and I just don't know it. So Piazzadora, one of my favorite stories, and it's not true, it's another legend. (laughs) But the story was that Piazzadora was such a terrible actress she starred in a stage production of The Diary of Anne Frank. And she was doing such a terrible job. When the Nazis arrived, the audience started telling them that she's upstairs <laughs> in the attic. She was so bad. Now, that's the urban legend. Um, obviously not true. Um, but she was very much a target of the Razzies in the 80s. Um, so she won... Two Razzies for Worst Actress um, for The Lonely Lady and uh, Butterfly, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, she won, also won 
I, I, I know my peers adore her. Uh, she also <laughs> won uh, the Golden Globe for Best New Star uh, for um, Butterfly. And the rumour was that her billionaire husband at the time paid a lot of money for her to win that Golden Globe. <laughs> so she was very well known as a terrible actress, but did quite well as a singer. And she had a few singles um, apart from, you know, um, the, the Rain song that I've totally forgotten the name of for this film, <laughs> Jermaine uh, Jackson film. Um, film. Film. Song. Song. Excuse me. So I'm getting disgusted. Yeah. Wow, you really love I'm I'm looking I'm looking at her Wikipedia page. Apparently, I've seen her in other things. I didn't know she was in the original Hairspray movie as the beatnik chick. Beatnik chick, yes. And then uh, she, very true. And then she plays herself in Troop Beverly Hills, which, what? She was also in a film that we've seen as a child star. Um, it was Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Was she, she really? She was. She was one of the little green alien children. <laughs> and that was her first role. So technically, she wasn't meant to have won Golden Globe for Best New Star because she'd already been in film. <laughs> but uh, I mean... I didn't all I, I thought she was a great singer too. Like I don't I don't know why she's not a bigger star. No. Well she was definitely you said she was definitely going for Bonnie Tyler, weren't she? She I think she was singing a lot older than the character was meant to be. Um and it was giving me Bonnie Tyler a little bit. Which is absolutely a compliment. Yes, of course. Uh, a less hus- uh, a less husky Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Um, obviously, Total Eclipse of the Heart was quite recent then. Um, but I think, I, I mean, the acting was okay for what I, I mean, if if she was a bad actress, then it kind of helped yeah. <laughs> to a certain degree. Well, because, you know, her, her movie is, because uh, I feel like everyone's in a different movie, but it still works somehow. <laughs> her movie is like the Gidget beach movie thing yeah yeah and i feel like she did her job yeah yeah the, the shangri-la's leader of the pack sort yeah. of vibe of like i fell in love with the bad boy but he's but he's really bad now i want to go <laughs> i oh god this is is this your favorite movie now or new favorite movie, I should say. It's it's definitely up there. I I can definitely see myself. Well, and of course, I'll be forcing you to as well. Not that I'd have to. I'm sure you'd enjoy to watch it again. But I could see us rewatching this lots of times. Yeah. And I mean, I could say I could see us, uh, you know, listen to the soundtrack over and over again. We've already started that, so I mean, that's gonna keep going on, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. My guys, yeah, how, think... do you, how do you think I get through my days now? <laughs> I am. <laughs> If I don't listen to you at least when the rain begins to fall or let's dance the night once a day, I think I'll explode like Absid. It's it, for me, it's definitely in that category of, um, and I suppose because it's going for the so bad it's good vibes, it maybe doesn't count, but I, I do put it with stuff like Xanadu, which I unapologetically love and I think the soundtrack is amazing for Xanadu um, but it is that kind of weird 
could only have been made in the 80s sort of film. Are we now best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine a triple bill of this, Xanadu and Shock Treatment. Done. Shock Treatment. I'm out. I'm. I. I. I need this. I need this now. <laughs> Throw in Grease too, and I think we're gonna have a party. We yeah. haven't seen Grease too, yet, have no, we? But I can too. definitely see how that would probably fit any film with Michelle Pfeiffer. But I was gonna say Puff Pfeiffer. That's a Golden <laughs> Girls joke. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in is uh, obviously gonna be. Fun. How have you not seen that movie? We may have to do an episode on Grease too, and have you on our podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, every, I absolutely every, love that. And we all need, I mean, I mean, you won't get this joke now, but we all need to be straddling ladders while we're recording it. Okay. <laughs> You'll get that when, after you see the movie. <laughs> I think, I think we do. Grease 2 is definitely, in terms of musicals, I don't think we're, I don't think we're quite there. There's some big musicals we haven't seen. Yeah, good and bad. Um, trash to pieces and, and masterpieces. We need to see the apple. The apple. Yes, you, you do. I did an episode with one of the stars of the movie. Actually, oh wow, it is everything. <laughs> um, but in terms of Voyage of the Rock Aliens: colon, Let's Dance Tonight. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Um, so looking at my notes, I think we've actually covered everything. Uh, oh, I, no, I do actually have some accounts. Troublemaker. I mean, what the hell is going on there? I, I know we spoke about the Michael Berryman chainsaw sequence, but the start of that sequence, uh, I mean, first of all, I was mind blown by how good the sax player was. Uh, but then I was distracted by the fact that Michael Berryman was trying to kill someone with a whisk and a toothbrush. What the fuck was going on there? That is so yes, where he just ends up brushing his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> or or like, you know, he's coming with um one object to only be foiled by like, you know, something that that object is used for. Yeah. <laughs> there was literally the one joke. Yeah. It? When when the, the guy calls up Ruth Gordon and says, um, he's giving me the brush off. Yeah. <laughs> All, All of that, that better for one joke. <laughs> Meanwhile, the janitor is sitting right there, not saying or doing anything. Yes. <laughs> it's like every choice that was made in this movie, I don't know if it was like a wink to us or if they literally were just so coked out of their brain. They're like, yeah, do it. Just do it. Just do it. I hope it's a bit of both. I mean, it definitely comes across like that. I think the term I would use is wacky. I think they're going for wacky um, and kind of trying to make something of all this. Yeah. But trying to keep it silly and and light. Um, It reminded me of, um, what is that um, John Cusack film? Better Off Dead, where it's, it's very weird and strange things happen um for no apparent reason and no one kind of really reacts to how strange all this is um, um, so like this giant tentacle that's going around and trying to kill people no one really reacts as you would normally react 
to do something like that. And the serial killer, no one really reacts to the serial no. killer, Michael Berryman. Um, I would just also like to say, just on the subject, it was lovely to see Michael Berryman in a romantic role. I know, yeah. Um, Where he has more chemistry than Frankie and Dean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. Poor Michael Berryman, he usually, and, and, and in, in this case still, plays the killer or murderer or a sane asylum patient yeah. in pretty much every film he's in. <laughs> Um, and and this, it was and nice to see him get the girl for once. And in this case, he plays all of that and the and a romantic character. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that squid. It's so wild. Like when you first introduce the squid on the beach, and then the the runner like steps on part of the tentacle, and it like releases that <laughs> human that it captured. I was just like, I'm in. I love this movie. I I will say this forever and always. This movie's amazing. <laughs> and if you're and if you the listener still haven't watched the movie and you're 45 minutes into this podcast, what the hell is wrong with you? You got to <laughs> stop and watch it right uh, now. Watch right now. Okay, let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Yeah. Yes. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it is flat. Who would like to go first with their sharps? Oh, you go first. No, you go first. Oh, well, gentlemen. Um, so sharp, I mean, I've got the fashion, you know, the majority of the soundtrack, the Count Value, Piazzadora. It's really hard to find many flats with it. I mean, those are definitely my standouts. I mean, the fashion just blew my mind from scene to scene. It just, it got better as it went on. And then it just hit its peak at Let's Dance. Uh, yes. Tonight. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely, you know, it, it just provided everything I looked for in an 80s film. Um, and not many things that I, I didn't like. Yeah, very similar for me. Uh, a sh- big sharp for me is is Ruth Gordon. I, I do love my old school Hollywood actresses, and I thought she was hilarious in The Strangest of Roles. <laughs> Consi- considering she was like Rosemary's Baby and Harold and Maud, which are kind of strange in themselves. Um, Pia Zadora, obviously a big sharp for me. And um, just going off of that, my flat is the Let's Dance Tonight sequence. <gasps> what? After Pia Zadora leaves. Okay, I... oh, after she leaves. The cotillion. When, um, when, when she does the slide and, into the camera and then it changes genres, you mean? Yeah. So then you get a weird battle of the bands. And it, it, it's fine. They do a nice performance, each of them, of the song. But you've just seen the best, you yes. know. It, okay. It, it, it falls flat after the wonderful performance by Pia Zadora. I, I I almost ended our best friendship right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, thank but... you for justifying. I I do agree with you when it when it shifts genres, because like Rama sounds like. I, I, are they a German band? They must be. A, like I know it says that they're from Arizona, but like at that moment, it's like. Euro pop dance da, yeah. da, 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 dance da, da. and I'm like okay and then you have the um 
the rockabilly version of it where I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll sit through this. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'll sit through it. Um, I took the easy route and I just dropped the whole movie because I fucking love it. <laughs> I could sit here and talk minute by minute about everything that I love about this movie, but I mean, that'll be like seven hours. So, uh, okay. What are your flats? Um, I think my only flat would be probably the Rockabilly side of things. So uh, any of Frankie's band songs, I like them. I wouldn't skip them on the soundtrack, but I kind of just wanted more of everything else that was going on when, when they were happening. Yeah, I do think they were the weakest of the songs on the soundtrack. They, for me, they kind of sounded very similar to each other um, and a very similar vibe. And um, I can't remember which one it was. Um, forgive me I, I, I didn't like them too much so I forgot their names uh, <laughs> but it sounded just like an Elvis impersonator you know that kind of thing and um, yeah it was fine but you know could have, could have had a little more of the uh, Piers Adora yeah pop anthems I my flat is so stupid um I flatted the fact that the soundtrack is different than the movie because like, I would, I mean, I wouldn't mind listening to Combined Man. That's a pretty decent song and it's not on the album. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I hopefully, hopefully someone, some distributor will pick the film up and they'll get a re-release with the uh, original versions. Fingers crossed because I, I need that in my life. I mean, it, we are doing the Lord's work on telling people about this movie. Yeah, you guys yeah. need to cover it on your podcast too, if you. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and it if just you want it, like our video, we we'll just keep sending it to them. Like, yeah, here's a hint: release this and the soundtrack as well. <laughs> I mean, if well, you guys, if you guys, Criterion. <laughs> if you guys need a guest on your podcast talking about the uh, Voyage of the Rock Aliens, let's dance tonight. I mean, it is my new favorite movie, so. I am. I could, yeah, I mean, I think we need someone who could talk about every minute of how much they loved it, perhaps going on for seven hours. Yeah, so, on our, <laughs> on our podcast, we do go through a film scene by scene, minute by minute. And so, you uh, will get to talk about every minute every... that you love. <laughs> I'm so happy. It's like a dream come true. Be like yes. I will be a guest, even though I kind of forced you guys to make me one. <laughs> so Grace 2 and Voyage of the Rock Aliens double bill episode, is that what we're... <laughs> well, when, when Gary said uh, the film, and I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh my god, Pierre's the door, oh my god, this looks awful. <laughs> Part of me was like, yes, you know, I get to shit on a, a, a crappy film. Um the other part was me oh we're gonna have to sit through this and what if he liked it <laughs> and then but jokes I'm on you you liked it and not be so mean <laughs> what if he gets like a special guest from the film or but turns out loved it <laughs> jokes on you you love this movie <laughs> i know <laughs> uh are there any songs you would add to your life's playlist now when i ask this question i mean like you're just listening to it. There's no visual, you know? Yeah, like... absolutely. Uh, real love for me. I mean, it's just perfection. Um, every second of it is perfect. Uh, and I plan to listen to it on a daily basis. Is that the... The beach one. Mickey. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah, Mickey Mouse. the one that it sounds very much like Tony Basil's <laughs> Mickey. Um, I would probably add When the Rain Begins to Fall. Love that. That's a proper banger. And for me personally, my personal taste in music, 21st century, really enjoyed that. I mean, Even though the film wasn't set in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I listened to the album anyway, but like it, it, if... I think I like, because on the album version, which I think you guys know already, Let's Dance Tonight is only the Piazzadora section. They don't have any of the other stuff. So that I'm okay with. But like, I would like to, like, I would, I hope that they would put out Combined Man. And um, I don't know what else. That, I can't think of anything else that is not. Oh, and um, uh, you bring out the lover in me. That's not on the album. And I'm yeah. very upset about that because it's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. I love this movie. Yeah, you think that would be a single? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Because, yes. I mean, I mean, your main selling point is Pia Zadora. In terms of you know marketing any of these songs to a wider audience obviously you have Jermaine Jackson but he's not really part of the film but Piers Adore is your main girl I mean the two male leads don't even sing their own songs <laughs> so if you're going to market this as an album you know a soundtrack and releasing singles from it you would you would want to have all the Piers Adore songs on there right but they're they're they were focusing on when the rain begins to fall because of yeah. Jermaine Jackson and his family. Jermaine I've Jackson never, I've friend. never heard of them, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, Gary and Chris. Unfortunately, this, the, the episode has to come to an end and that's now. Um, is there anything you guys would like to plug or promote? I gotta uh, yes, so. so the Horror Cool Trash of a podcast. Uh, we're on social media, uh, just Search Horror Court Trash Show, you should be able to find us. And we release a new episode every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast streaming platforms. Um, next week, well, it won't be next week, but currently uh, we're continuing our run of 90s horror, our unofficial theme, and discussing American Way in Paris. I think every gay guy goes through a 90s horror phase where they watch Scream and their world is changed. And you don't even have to be much of a horror fan, but you see Gail Weathers and you're like, oh, okay, this is what being gay is all about. So we very much focus on those sort of 90s horror, you know, the urban legends, the uh, I know what you did last summer's, don't we? Um, yeah, I mean, I've just said American Way Up in Paris. It's not quite on that level. level. <laughs> Well, if you guys want to, uh, you, the listener, want to talk more about Voyage of the Rock Aliens and tell me about your first time watching this and why it's, why you love it, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Which song uh, that is not on the soundtrack do you want on the soundtrack? And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, which is interesting because we've mentioned this movie numerous times during this episode, and that is Xanadu. Guys, thank you so much. 
for having me bully you to come on this podcast. Usually I have people pick what they want to talk about, but I, I saw, I, I see your content all the time on Instagram and I'm just like, this is their movie. This is for them. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. You picked the perfect one. You picked the perfect one. Which usually means, you know, when people say this is your movie, it'd be perfect for the podcast. <laughs> it's real dog shit. Like, real <laughs> bottom of the barrel crap. No, um, so Pleasant surprise. Yeah, you, you found the other side of us. The side that loves this... Uh, camp bizarre 80s um so thank you for bringing it into our lives yes i'm doing i'm doing the lord's work and now you have to you my apostles need to share it with everyone between your podcast my podcast and how did this get made i have a feeling we're good at least 10 people are gonna be (laughs) no we're gonna create an army of voyage of the rock aliens fans i'm I'm optimistic about this that'll happen you think (laughs) yeah it's gonna make a comeback (laughs) Piers Adora will thank us all, uh, the three of us directly. <laughs> and it, uh, well, also, if anyone is listening to my podcast in Germany, apparently they have a very different DVD in only Germany where um, there's different editing happening and like they have different bonus fe- features on it. So if you have that DVD, tell me about it. <laughs> and is this movie like, your national your your country's movie of choice <laughs> i have so many questions about germany and and this movie i don't <laughs> i suppose it's not strange strange but it's it's not strange strange no it's it's i suppose it's strange from our perspective because it's i suppose we forget that there's a big wide world out there and not everyone's taste is exactly the same as <laughs> you know the uk and, and america i hope this is like the godfather of germany i, I really hope it is huge <laughs> oh my goodness well uh bye for now everyone i'm ending the episode <laughs> bye <laughs> special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs> <laughs>